Welcome to the Hard Water Fishing Show. Jeff and Jason talk tactics, gear, and ice fishing legends. All right, welcome back to the Hardwater Fishing Show. It is season six, episode seven, and it's the third week of November, 2022. And there's ice fishing happening all over the ice belt, but there just is. at the very, 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 very top of the ice belt. Yes, it's the very earliest of, of ice fishing. It snowed where I'm at today. It snowed a lot here. Did it? In, uh, yeah, in Minnesota, it snowed a lot. Well... I would say an average snowfall, but the first one, and always harder the first one. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, the, I told you the river by my house had froze over, and of course, then that went away after a couple of days. We had warm weather, um, but hopefully, we got to be getting close down here. Yes, it's close. And did you see the weather? It's cold. Uh, we're talking teens below zero next yeah, week. Yeah, it'll happen. It'll happen all over here pretty fast. So just yeah. So anyway, before we get too far down the road, we have on our show tonight, we have um, a Jenny Anderson who goes by the handle of Girl of 10,000 Lakes in her um, Instagram and social media. And so she's come to chat with us tonight. That's a great interview. So stay tuned for that. And there's a Christmas present idea for people. Yeah, and we even have a link. She's going to give us a link for her book. Um, oh, now you ruined discount. it. I was going to let it be a surprise. All right. Well, you'll have to listen to the rest of the interview to find out find out what the book's about. Yes. All right. <laughs> Jeff, what do you do? Preview. preview. I know you just or... you can't help yourself, buddy. You can't help yourself. <laughs> Are you saying it's when there's a movie and the trailer shows the whole movie that you don't go see the movie? It's but, not like that. It's not like that at all. No, the trailer no. did not not ruin the movie. <laughs> We did not give away the best parts. <laughs> we did not. Well, let's, we're going to move on before you, you release more, before we get to the interview. The third trailer, the fourth trailer. <laughs> so what are you drinking tonight, Joe? Okay, well, we're, I'm out of Texas beer. Oh, thank God. My brother-in-law came over for Thanksgiving, which was nice of him. And he brings me all the beers that he won't drink. Oh, yeah, that's like, right. Hey, I don't like hey, these ones. I've got, I've got some of those in my basement. How long are they good for? Do you think? I mean, uh, does it? It's older than twelve months. I don't want to. See oh it. no, it's well within. I'll bring it up when I come up. It'll be fine. Yeah, I put it in my fridge. I'll. We'll talk about them on the show. Perfect. Perfect. It's from when we did the when I tried all the carpet beer. Yeah, I actually have a neighbor. I don't remember how long ago that was. I think it was last season, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, if it's over a year old. Oh, I'm sure I it's fine. It. I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> I mean, it can't taste worse. So, so I have a neighbor who, you know what seltzers are, right, Jason? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I get out once in a while. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Sorry. Was that, did I insult you? No, no, not at all. Okay. Go ahead. All right. <laughs> so, you know, when you buy these seltzers, they come in like six packs or 12 packs, and mm -hmm. they have their variety packs all the time, right? And everybody I know that buys the variety pack, there's always one flavor they don't like. True. You know, there's... The good flavors, and then there's the, I don't know, spicy wheat or whatever. 
I think that's why they do variety packs to try to get rid of the ones nobody buys. And if you buy the kind you like, they actually cost more. So you get sucked into buying the variety pack with the ones you don't like because it seems cheaper, but it's not. Correct. All of the neighbors who drink seltzers, who aren't all women, but tend to be women who drink these seltzers. Or have women-like qualities. Yes, right. And (laughs) they collect their unwanted seltzers. And give them to my one neighbor, and he drinks them all. <laughs> Who I just insulted. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Does he listen to the he, show? I don't think so, oh, but good. he wouldn't care. Okay, okay. He, care. he does go ice fishing, though. <laughs> well, good. Well, then I take back all the things but I said. <laughs> he, he won't just drink the ones that people don't like. He also is, will drink expired ones. So I guess they don't hurt you if you drink them. Don't, no, it, don't. it doesn't hurt you. I mean, don't take my advice. Use the FDA or somebody else who tells you when it is expired. But is it the FDA or is it the USDA or is it the? I don't know who it is. Who labels? Beer? I don't know. But I suppose I better read my label. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on from seltzers and expired beer. I am drinking a from Bent Paddle Brewery oh, in Duluth, yeah, Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, good one, good one. It's a Munich style Dunkel Lager. Dunkel Lager. Dunkel Lager. Yeah, you need a t-shirt that says that. I love Dunkel Lager. And this is 100% <laughs> of our water comes from Lake Superior, I think. Hope I, they fil- the can, but. I hope they filter it. That beer 10% alcohol? Mm, yummy. No, it is not 10%. Okay, it's like four, it's six 10%. Holy crap. There is a beer called 1050. 1050. <laughs> I'll, I'll, hard pass. alcohol. I believe it's called 1050 1050 or something like that. Yeah, so I have a beer from Exile Brewery, and it has a story. Um, And this Exile Brewing is actually a company in Des Moines, in Des Moines, Iowa, and it is called the Ruthie. Ruthie? Ruthie in Gold Lager. It's the... Are supporting. Uh, there's a thing here. I'm gonna read you if I can. It's small. All right. The you see me putting my glasses here at the end of my nose. I just see <laughs> if you can see this right now. <laughs> he, he put him down to the end of his nose and he's reading it. I know I, it's hard to read. I know, but just don't be mean. All right. <laughs> <laughs> this is my lot in life. All right. So this is the Pink Ruthie Project. A dollar. Is donated per case in support of Casting Casting for Recovery Iowa program. Casting for Recovery promotes healing outdoor retreats for women with breast cancer at no cost to the participants. Anyway, their retreats offer opportunities for women to find inspiration, discovery, renewed energy for life, and experience healing and connections with women and nature, other women in nature. Casting for Recovery in Iowa. So I thought that was pretty neat. Oh, oh no. It's not a twist off. (laughs) What are you going to do, Jason? Oh, hang on. I'll be right back. It's not a twist off. We got to get the, t- the can opener. No, I can't do that. That was a bad idea. Um, There's a story there. <laughs> the, desk is not, the desk is not very solid. Let's just say that. <laughs> you tried to open it on the desk. Yeah, I'm, hopefully I don't get charged for that. Um, that's going to be bad. All right, I'll be back. i got to find a way to open this beer. All right. <laughs> oh, looks like we have success. Okay. Jason, so you got it open. That was quite the ordeal. 
So, so explain to me what you do <laughs> when you're stuck with a non-twist-off bottle without a can opener. What do you do? <laughs> well, some people probably have more ability than I do, but I def- so I'm in a hotel room today. So I had to find a hard enough surface. So I used the hinge on the door. Hinge on the door. All right. Just well. put it on the hinge and hit the top. Knocks the top off. That's awesome. I'm glad you got that open. And now our listeners have a new way to open a beer. <laughs> Not right. However, are you going to tell the story of the first time you showed me how to do that in our dorm room? I don't remember this story. Oh, my gosh. Really? Did I break the top of the bottle off? Yes. So, <laughs> so Jason. I was very young. Really co- I was very young. Being really cool. I was uh, cool. We're in, our dorm, we're in our dorm room. And he is trying to impress his new you know, city slicker roommate because he's from iowa i don't know i'm making that part up maybe he didn't care about impressing me but just wanted to open the beer (laughs) but he goes we don't have a beer opener look at this and he took the beer and took the bottle cap and put it on the edge of the the dresser and hit it and the bottle broke it shattered everywhere (laughs) it went everywhere i know you know and i've opened beers like that like all the time when i don't have a bottle opener no i don't it was probably cheap glass bush light or something Oh, guaranteed it was bush light. <laughs> so that's how you open a beer if you don't have a beer opener. Yeah, there's other ways, but that's the only way I know. Well, we covered beer pretty well. And it's here, a good beer. So it's I, a good beer. Good, yeah. I was going to say, too, um, reading that uh, beer would be something I would definitely support. I know uh, cancer are certainly something that um, I've dealt with them, not me personally, but, you know, in yeah, family absolutely. In my life. And yeah. Um, always gra- glad to support cancer, you know, any kind of cancer uh, charity. So that's awesome. Well, and I, I yeah, I, I like the fact that it's it's about helping people find that emotional healing. You know, that's that's a real important component. So I think we're ready to move from beer to patrons. Sounds good. So we're saying thank you to our patrons and all patrons, and also we have a special patron spotlight. Our patron of the show who is Matthew K. You might know him, Jason. Yeah, yeah, it sounds familiar. And it, what I know is he he's a, a wonderful supporter of the show, and he also is really someone in need of the content on this show. He needs. He needs. <laughs> That's awesome. So he should review the show frequently and often. Show business. Jason, I changed up show business a little bit here. Do you want to walk us through it? All right. The best places to interact with us are on social media, Instagram and Facebook. You can find us on TikTok. And that's at HWFS17. There's 17 other HWFSs out there? No, so that's the year that we started our podcast. Oh. I couldn't get Got any it. of the common I couldn't get any of the common things that I would try to get. I tried Hard Water Show or I don't know. I couldn't get them, so this is the best I could do. So Huh. Okay. HWFS17 um, is our TikTok handle thing. Anyway, that's our TikTok. You can find at. at, <laughs> it's our at. Our at. It's our at. You can find our website at hardwatershow.com, on YouTube at hardwatershow, and you can email us at hardwatershow at gmail. And then the link tree thing, which nobody understands but Jeff, but it's there. It has all the links on it. You can go to one place for all the links. Yeah. Or you can just listen to the show and write them down on your piece of paper. Yeah, nobody writes them down. <laughs> but you could. They're in their car driving. <laughs> They're in their car driving. They're not writing They can just down. go, hey, Siri, take a note. Uh-oh. 
You just made everybody's Siri go crazy. <laughs> and not to be left out, hey, Google. <laughs> oh, shit. My phone just went off. All right. Darn it. Serves so, you right. So funny story. When right. I was with my older brother the other day, um, you know, he has Siri, and it's always trained to their people's voice. But my voice is enough like his voice I could use his phone. That's awesome. <laughs> like, hey, Siri, add Celine Dion to my playlist. <laughs> From Titanic. From Titanic, yeah. All right. All right, show business. So we got through show business. That was good. Fact checks. Ooh, we do have one fact check. We do. And just to remind all our listeners, please make sure when you send in your fact checks, you do so within a week. Otherwise, well, at least before we record our next show, because once the show is recorded, all everything we said on the previous show is effect, accepted and will forever be accepted as the absolute truth if it's not been challenged. I like this new rule. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We're starting to have rules on the show now. It's mainly for Dave. He's got a call within a couple of weeks. Otherwise, it's out. he's out. Northwoods Dave's got to start listening. <laughs> so Michael H., he's not in CrossFit, apparently. <laughs> yes. He... I, I he was really excited that we had a, you know we talked about uh, his question about ice camping last time mm-hmm. and where to go. Oh yeah yeah yeah, I remember. He just now. wanted to say he told me he does not do CrossFit, but tries real hard to stay in shape, which I also try hard hard to stay in shape. And I'll take your word for it. <laughs> yeah, you're not, I'm not asking you to fact check my efforts. It's about Michael's and he's not in CrossFit. Did, did, he, CrossFit. did he tell you if he made a decision where to go? He didn't. He's still considering it, but he didn't say it. But he said he thought the red door sounded nice. Yeah, so he's willing to walk two miles in Crocs. No Crocs, no. <laughs> and socks. I don't, he won't have to walk two miles at red door, I, I'm sure of it. All right. So listener news. I like your new handle here. Listener news because we put our listeners first, which we do 20 minutes into the show after we get through beer <laughs> fact checks. I don't know why I put that. But, but we do eventually. We put our listeners first. We put our listeners first in listener news. The other stuff is just pre. It's just warm up. It's just warm up. It's just warm up. Got to warm up. Warm everybody. Warm. You got to warm the room up a little bit. That's right. <laughs> So, I, I, can I introduce this one? Yeah. So definitely. we're we're gonna get this on on our social media, but we got a nice email um, from Zen Zen Master, and he sent us a heck of a trout, um, a nice tiger trout. That is a beautiful fish, and it's his personal best. Caught it in Utah at ten thousand feet elevation on a Simcoe bug tipped with a waxworm. Have you seen ever seen these Simcoe bugs? I don't know what a Simcoe bug is. It's it's kind of this. It's a lure. It, it looks like um, like a wax wormy looking bug thing with a head on it. I'm gonna Google it quick so I make sure I don't misrepresent. So this is it. a fly fishing type of it, lure. It kind of is. Um, so Simcoe bug is. It's kind of like a little larva looking thing with a head on it. I sent you a picture of it. Yeah, um, no, I'm looking at that now. It kind of it's interesting how the hook is more curved. Yeah. So you know, most hooks I use are usually I'm gonna say it looks like a J. This looks more like a C almost, mm-hmm. right? Like a circle. The plastic part of it is clear and then there's a small jig head, but it's round on the top and then the hook goes right through the middle. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, this one glows, and it's tungsten. Yeah, and I don't know if that's the one he caught it on, but that's what a Simcoe right. bug is, because I don't know if our some of our Midwest listeners... There's some. There's a guy that, that sells these Simcoe bugs, like, on... Uh, on Facebook, like on the Iowa fishing pages, they they okay. he always is selling some of these handmade ones, and I've kind of eyeballed. They look kind of like if I was yeah. a fish, I might eat it, but um, I'm not a fish, so who knows? I wouldn't eat it. It's got a big hook in it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> if I was a fish, though, I wouldn't know that. <laughs> so, but <laughs> but anyway, we really really want to thank. Um, thank him for sending that in, and we'll get those those pictures up. And uh, we always appreciate when people share their their awesome fishing outings with us, and and you know share share cool pictures of fish. We love it. So thank you for doing that, sir. Yeah, and I I'm looking at these fish, Jay. I mean, they're yellow. It's it looks like a lake trout, kind of like I've seen a lake trout look for before, mm-hmm. but it, the colors are totally different. It's very yellow. Yeah, and did you see that Ian sent us a picture of a tiger trout as well? No, I didn't see that one. Yeah, I think it's oh. uh, to figure. Out. I think it's on the Instagram mess- okay. message as well. He had sent us okay. sent us some pictures, so we'll have to get his up as well. So, yeah. and I mean, I've never caught a fish at ten thousand feet. That would be cool at elevation. No, I you know if I'm ten thousand feet where I'm at, I'm in a plane. I, I might have to do some more CrossFit though. Before <laughs> I'm in a I go plane. If I'm eating fish, feet. it's because they're ser- serving fish sticks on the airplane, <laughs> which I wouldn't eat. I probably would because I have very low standards, but <laughs> it probably well, should. <laughs> I would say though, in this picture, it looks so cool. It looks so cool. I, I got it. We got it someday, Jason. We need to get to the mountains in the west and try this. This fishing at least looks so cool. Yeah, I I agree completely. I agree completely. So we'll we'll have to we'll have to put that on the bucket list, or next year, or just on the list. I don't like putting things on a bucket list. I I'm I think next year. I think we have to try for next year. All right, we better start planning. It has to. Yep. This year it won't happen, but next year I think we need we need to fish at elevation for trout. I'm not committing, but I'm I'm with you. It's like a goal, but if you don't say it's going to happen. Can we do it in three days? Sure. Okay, then I'm in. I mean, how far can Wyoming be? I think a plane ride would be involved if we're getting... Oh, now now you're talking. That's quitter talk. Okay. Um, So we we also got some other pictures from Wyoming. Uh, Jake from Wyoming sent some really nice perch and a walleye. And I think that's a walleye in there. Is that a walleye or is that a trout? Some perch and a really nice perch actually. There's a really nice one in there, like probably like a twelve or thirteen. No, that's a trout, Jeff. That's a trout. Well, it's kind of upside down. That's a trout. Okay. Good lord. I mean, it's not like I can see the whole thing. I know what a trout versus a versus a walleye looks like, but the picture is not as clear as it. So it's roughly. I'm just. I just did a quick Google. Like it's. Let's say let's give it around twenty hours to Utah to drive to, to Utah. Drive to Utah, yeah, to fish in elevation. So that's fine. We can drive out Friday. We can fish Saturday and drive home Sunday. Like you drive ten hours, I drive ten hours. Yeah, each way. Yeah, that's. We'll we'll comedy. We'll have to commandeer the Prius again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. And I, does it go to ten thousand feet, or will it? Oh, yeah, just, the hill? no, it'll it'll. 
it'll go just fine. No worries. Do you use the power button and the Prius? The new the one doesn't button? have a power button. Oh. No, it's a mode. Way to get up to the mountain. I don't know. It's got <laughs> snow tires on it. It'll be fine. I suspect we've veered from... from <laughs> Listener news. Yeah, anyway, so Jake, thanks for sending those in. He actually had another picture here with a, his daughter out on the ice, which I she's probably pretty young, um, I would say five or something. I don't know. Hard, hard to tell. She's certain. She's height. smiling, and they caught a fish. They're, they're fishing. They're fishing. Yeah, they're fishing, and they're having a great time, and that's what it's all about. That's phenomenal. So thank you for sending that those pictures in as well. I'm going to throw an audible in here, Jay. It's not even in the listener news. But I got a call this weekend from, oh, I forget what we decided. Is it, it's the original Oli or, it's Oli's brother, right? Oli's older brother, who we usually call Oli on the show. But he also goes by Oli, so it gets a bit confusing. Oli's so big Oli? Doesn't sound yeah. I uh, know. I think I, I'm. I think it was like it's like the OG Oli or something like that. Well, I thought I thought their dad was the OG Oli. Oh gosh, uh, we're gonna need some clarification on the fact checking on this one. <laughs> we'll see if like, we get it. Otherwise, we'll just call. We'll make it up, and he'll have to tell us. We'll call me. Do you think he's the OG, or do you think the old the the old man Oli's the? The know. dad there is the, the original. We're going to have to get a judgment call on this. I, I really don't know where to go with this. Hmm. But anyways, Oli, who's not the Oli we've had in the show, called and was looking for some advice because he had been borrowing the other Oli's. Now it sounds like who's on first here. <laughs> the other Oli's fishing gear. Uh-huh. And he had retrieved his fishing gear, so now he had to get his own fishing gear. Oh, so he was kind of like pulling a Jason where he had other people's gear that he was using for a while, but now it was It's a like good game until it, it doesn't work anymore. He has to get some new fishing gear, including an auger and a house. So the advice that I gave him was he has some drills and stuff, so he already has some way to, to drill. And I really like your pistol bit that you use, ask him a pistol bit. I'm like... I would buy one of those things all day long if you were looking for to re-gear. I knew I should have called him back. I knew I should have called him back. Darn it. The other thing we talked about was he wanted an ice shack, and he said a hub or a flip-over. And, and I told him, really, I think he'll probably end up getting a flip-over. To me, the reason we talked about this was how many people. I said, are you fishing with a bunch of people, or are you fishing with one or two people. He's like, oh, probably just me and, you know, his wife. And I'm like, oh, I would get a flip. Absolutely. Way more portable. If you had, like, some kids or grandkids or wanted to have a little more people, I yeah. think hubs work better. But, but, yeah, so he called me, and that was kind of an audible. Did, did you give him, like, a brand? Did you give him, like, a size or considerations? Like, what kind of door he wants? What kind of insulated, non-insulated? Did you give him anything else other than just buy a flip over? No, we totally talked about that. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I just wanted to make sure you didn't lead him lead him down a road. I recommended that he get an otter two-man, not the biggest one. I said a medium-sized one, right? Like a good two-man. Actually, uh, Northwoods Dave has one that is exactly what I think you would get. They're super sturdy. They're insulated. And I don't think weight was a big consideration for him because otters are heavy. But if you don't have to worry about how much it weighs, you know, typically you're going to pull, put it in the back of your truck or something. How, how, how's he getting it out on the, on the ice? I'm assuming his pickup truck. Oh, so he's not going to go out. He's not going to go out until it uh, 
Until it freezes enough to drive on? Uh, I mean, that was my impression. Okay. Right? But okay. I could be wrong, but that was my impression. All right. The one thing I did t- say, he said, oh, some have different insulation and thermal. I don't know if you agree with this, but I said thermal in fish houses doesn't really... I've never seen, oh, the otter thermal is better than the clam thermal is better than the Eskimo thermal. I mean, I'm sure there's some differences, but if it's thermal, I've always been pretty happy with it and it's kept me warm. I would agree with that. There's, there's a bunch of different technologies out there. Some of them have quilting. Some of them don't show quilting. I don't know. I, I If it has insulation, my experience has been it's plenty good. Whether it's how heavy it is mm-hmm. hasn't made a big difference. Okay. Sounds good. So. I told him, get an otter to person, not the, I think it's called the resort that weighs like, it, it really is a three person, it's a giant one, it's the otter. Yeah, that's, I mean, you still got to be able to get it in the pickup. Yeah, I think it's Otter Lodge. Yeah, the one that's that, huge. It's a little smaller. No, that's, so. yeah, the lodge is smaller, yeah. Yeah, so, I know the cottage is maybe too small, that's a more of a one person mm-hmm. jump seat. Yeah. So. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, so that's what the yeah. original Oli Called, I should have called him back. About. Maybe I can still intercept him. All right, I'll give him a call. That is listener news, so time to move on to current events, Jay. Yeah, so we have the St. Paul Ice Fishing Show coming up this weekend if you're in Minnesota. And, I mean, it's always a good time. There's also, I would, again, make, give a shout-out that you should attend some seminars if you can. Obviously, you want to look at the uh, all the goodies to see if there's anything you can't live without. But uh, the, real, the real treat for the, these ice fishing shows in my mind is the chance to go to these seminars. So just to kind of, I mean, the amount of seminars at this show are, are significant. So you've got, I mean, everything from rigging and jigging plastics, pan fishing, um, fishing certain lakes, walleye fishing specific, tip up fishing, uh, patterning walleyes, big water, water walleyes, hot trends for pan fish. I'm just breezing through some of these. Hot Trends for Big Panfish is put on by Jason Mitchell. There's a big name in ice Ooh. fishing. Um, and there's a bunch of other ones, too, that are that are just kind of the who's who of, of ice fishing. So I'd really recommend, you know, come look at the stuff, but also certainly hit those hit those seminars. Um, you know, we everybody sits there and they, they'll watch YouTube videos um, on different fishing. They listen to our podcast and just, I would say, the, the chance to get out and, and talk and Go to these seminars and raise your hand and ask a question if you have one is just invaluable. Yeah, the seminars I went to that last one. I mean, we talked about them last show. I mean, I learned so much, and there's always more to learn. And nobody knows everything, right? I mean, you're always going to learn something if you sit there and listen. You might know a few things or be like, eh, I don't know if that's for me. But if you listen, you're going to learn some things and go, I should try that. I should, I should try that. Unless you're catching so many fish that you just don't know what to do with yourself. Not a problem uh, either one of us has. Almost. Yeah, it's not a problem I have, right? I mean, I, I don't go, gosh, I catch too many fish, I so I probably don't need any more tips. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, we we may be in attendance that's still kind of on the bubble. We may or may not be there. Uh, I'm not sure when we'll be there, so you know, if you happen to be there, I guess you can look for us possibly yeah it, it's going to be kind of a game time decision and and um i know for me i i may i want to go but i also may have an opportunity to ice fish that day instead of going to the show and so those opportunities are so 
cherished to actually go fishing that I probably would forego the show. It's probably about one of the only things I would forego go the show to do. Um, but I, I may do that. So we'll see. Time will tell. If you see us there, we're there. And if we're not, we're probably going to have a fishing report for you. Well, you probably might get a fishing report from one and maybe a show report from me. So that's probably how it's going to end up. Divide and conquer. That's right. <laughs> okay. So more to come on that down the road. You'll have to, you'll have to listen to the next podcast to find out what in the heck we did. So I'm, we'll just leave you with a little, a little intrigue. <laughs> on the next show, we will talk about ice fishing or ice fishing show, maybe. <laughs> yep. There you go. And what other random crap we talk about. <laughs> All right, Jeff, let's, what's our next thing here? Oh, this is a good one. This is your outdoor news again. I love my outdoor news. You do. So much good information. You know, we, we don't have a sponsor, right? We don't, we don't, and we've not actively looked for a sponsor for the show because we kind of want to keep it. Just we want to be able to do and talk whatever we want to talk about. But I really think outdoor news should at least send you a free copy once in a while. <laughs> Well, you can get a free copy at the show. Oh, do you? The well, show, there you they have go. a booth. They have stacks of them. You can pick one you, up. You should, uh, you should have them listen to our podcast and see if maybe they'll, they'll send you a free subscription. It, it comes on Friday, and usually I read the whole thing. I, I, I read it in one sitting. Now, I will be honest with, with the outdoor news. It's outdoor news, right? It's not just about fishing. And I pay attention a lot more to the fishing than I do to the hunting, but there's a lot of hunting stuff in there, too, so... And I think what's kind of cool about it, in the day of electronic stuff, right, this is still paper. It is. It's paper. It's a newspaper that comes to my door every week, and it's really not very expensive. And you can put it in your bathroom or in your library or on your coffee table. You know, put the phone down, pick the paper up. And And then if you need to clean fish, you can clean fish on it when you're done reading it. I've done that before. So there, it's like full circle. Because really, you know, <laughs> if you need newspaper these days, it's difficult. It's hard to come by. <laughs> it really is. It really. You have to use the shopper. We don't have a shopper. You don't shove a shopper in your in your mailbox. Nope. No, we still have shoppers, so we hoard the shopper for newspaper needs. Now we're going to get to the point of why we read the outdoor news. It's the <laughs> keep it clean campaign. Jason, we've we've all seen this recently, and it's become somewhat of a problem um, about how to keep your garbage off the ice, right? We want to be good stewards of the of nature, and we want to leave things how we found them, and we need to clean up our stuff when we leave the ice. Yeah, it's pretty basic stuff. If you brought it out, take it back. I would say the one thing too, you know, the just try to keep it keep it neat and clean. As you can, as you can, and and you know even bait. Sometimes people just throw bait out on the ice, and really you shouldn't do that. You should chuck it in the garbage bag instead of throwing it out on the ice. Some resorts do have depends on where you're staying or how you're getting on the ice, but really the they kind of had some few a few points. And the first one is to make a plan, right? Have a plan of what you're going to do with that garbage that you're going to bring out there that you produce. And some resorts might have garbage, you know, available to throw it in. Some might not, but you just need to take it with you. Yeah, please do. They had a couple other tips, like use colored bags. That's a good one. White bags can kind of blend into the snow and, you know, can cause problems. I still, I think they're giving people the benefit of the doubt on that one. (laughs) Oh, they must have just thought it blended in with the snow. No, they didn't want to put their poop in their car and take it home with them. 
exactly. But do it anyway. The, the next, yes. Bring a bucket. The, yes. Bring a five-gallon pail. Put the bags in the bucket. Put the lid on the thing and take it home with you and throw it in the garbage. There were some lakes and some resorts that actually had some brightly colored bags that had been donated by this organization okay. available to do that at certain like like the woods or some big places. Very cool. The next keep garbage off the ice. They said just don't put it on the ice. Like even in a bag, you might forget it. So put it in your back pickup or somewhere where it's not going to blow away. Help keep it clean, so we can have nice things. Yeah, the, the last one to make sense. Uh, and they talked a little bit about this because I have a wheelhouse. You know, when you put a wheelhouse out there, sometimes you put blocks of wood up there. Mm-hmm. Sometimes those blocks of wood can get stuck in the ice. So bring a ice chisel or a ice. A spud bar, whatever you choose, something to get it out of the ice so you don't have to leave the wood out there because I know that happens quite a bit when the wood freezes into the ice. Bring a BFH. Yes, the BFH. That'll take care. I have one of those <laughs> in my truck, and I've used it to get things out quite often. A, I need one. A, a, a BFH can can fix a lot of different problems you may run into. Yes, I I used it last. <laughs> I use it all. You can't live without one on the no. ice because you're always banging something out of there. Yep, exactly. And there is a YouTube video out there that Ron Shera, who is a kind of a local, a, a local celebrity, I would call him. Right, he's a, a steward of the outdoors, and he put a video together that you can go search for on YouTube, and he talks a little bit about this stuff. Cool, Jason. Do you want to talk about the ice break? I can. I don't know. I think it's overblown. It is. Um, <laughs> like literally blown. <laughs> so Red Lake, which we talked about in the last show, um, the ice had formed on Red Lake and people were pretty excited to get out there fishing and it's been real windy. And so I think that's probably what, what happened here. Anyway, the way it got real windy and what happens when it's real windy, at least what I think happens is the ice shifts. And so sometimes what happens is that the ice sheet will form a crack and the ice will start sliding over the top of itself, which then makes a hole. <laughs> and so in this case, the some fisher people were on one side of the whole crack and some people were on the other side of the crack. And one side was advantageous and the other side was not. Um, <laughs> so some people had to be helped off of that. Nobody got hurt, not a big deal, um, but it sure made the news all over. And some people got yeah. a little excited and were calling 911 and I don't know. But they, they got them all off. And they made an ice bridge over a narrow part of the open water, and everyone was rescued and pretty quickly. Nobody lost their stuff, I don't think. And and uh, just just a reminder that you know we we talk about, and I, I think this is to me is maybe the point. We we talk about ice thickness. You know, you want a certain ice thickness to walk on on ice, on the water or on the ice. But the wind on these big bodies of water, you really have to think about the wind. If it's been really windy, that wind is pushing down on that ice sheet and can cause cracks and can cause it to shift, even if it's locked up, depending on how thick the ice is. So if, if everybody remembers back, that's been listening to the show a while, when we, had the, when we had Bro on, he talked about the wind pushing on the ice and creating a seiche or this, this kind of ripple effect across the water that moves bait fish. So the same kind of philosophy, when that wind pushes hard on the ice, it creates a crack and can shift the ice, even if it looks like it's locked up. It's just something to be aware of. You want to have your safety gear, you want to have your rope, you want to have your ice picks. You want to, probably in these early ice conditions, you don't want to be transversing it in dark unless you have really, really good lights. 
um, and you travel slowly enough um, if you're walking, I suppose. But even when we get to where people are pushing an envelope on sleds and wheelers, you know, that you can see where you're going and you know, um, especially as we start getting to some snow, you know, if there was a crack overnight, skim ice form, snow on top of that, you know, you, you got to just keep checking until it's really, really, you know, we get some serious thickness on the ice. Just be safe. Yep. There. Sorry, I kind of went down a rabbit hole with that, but <laughs> I was on a roll. No, you're good. I do. <laughs> when I look at this, the key thing is, yes, there was something that happened. There was a fair amount of people out there fishing. They got them off. Nobody got wet. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it, it was pretty, pretty mild, but... Every year, everybody likes to report on the big, you know, things like this. And it made, I mean, I found one article in the BBC, you know, but it's the same story that everybody picks up. It sounds dramatic, but I mean, they literally walked across a wooden bridge somebody made to get off. Like, they didn't even have to get the airboat out or anything, I don't think. It, to me, it looked like somebody took a chunk of dock. Yeah. Like they just had a piece of dock on the shore and they're like, oh, that'll go across the ice. Yeah. And they just walked across the dock and, yeah. and that was it. You know, and I think it was good there was rescue standing by in case something went wrong with that plan. So I think that was good. They, there was some caution that was taken. And one of the resorts is, is I think, who who assisted. And, and that's we've talked about this. That's an advantage of going out of a resort and paying for that access is, is then you kind of have somebody there to help you out in the event of, a, of an issue. And they're, they're going to do what they can to, to help keep you safe within reason. So One note that we talked about, and actually um, Jenny talked about this, is this is on the south shore of the lake and the north shore people were fishing at this very time so it wasn't the whole lake was like this it correct was isolated to a place on the lake yep all right well jason speaking of our guests yeah it's let's get to that that's why people really are listening um they can listen to six seasons of us rattling on but but jenny this is the only <laughs> the only show we've had her on so let's get to that interview with her Welcome to the Hard Rider Fishing Show. Today, we are excited to have on the girl of 10,000 lakes, Jenny Anderson. Jenny, thanks for joining the show. Thank you for having me. I've been waiting for this day to be on the show with you. <laughs> Jenny is an outdoor content creator, blogger, and wife and mom. More often than not, you'll find her traveling and adventuring with her, with Nick and Harlan and a pup named Kiwi. And since then, we've added Juniper. So oh, yeah. I, I saw really some pictures. Need a, I need to update that, uh, yeah. my, my About Me section, I guess. I, I actually thought the biggest thing about your introduction that we would like is um, it kind of related because the first thing you said, there are a few places I'd rather be than canoeing in the Boundary Waters, which is one of Jason's favorite one of pastimes. My favorite. Yeah, Ooh. love it. Love it. I enjoy oh. seeing your pictures on Instagram when you're up there. Oh, it's the best. Isn't, oh, there's like no so place cool. like it. There's not. It's hard to explain to people. Yeah, you got to go. It's like a bucket list item for sure. Yeah. Jason actually had, when he was 40, he had this goal of going to the Boundary Waters for like a month. Was it? I did. Oh. I, it was. It was vetoed by the Minister of Finance and more. <laughs> <laughs> but you went for a really long time. I did. I, I did eight days up. Actually, not in the Boundary Waters. Went to uh, Woodland Caribou Provincial Park in Canada. Wow. That's, I mean, that's practically more, isn't it more rural than the Boundary Waters? It is. In some ways it is. In some ways it isn't. Yeah. It, but it's beautiful. It's all that up north Canadian yeah. shield kind of stuff. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. It is amazing. Like the reason I love it so much is like 
obviously the fishing is just phenomenal like lake trout there there's just like nothing like it they're they get huge especially in lakes that are really hard to portage onto and ice fishing there is pretty fun you can't bring any motorized things in so that hand augering it's a really great workout (laughs) have you ever ice fished um for lake trout jenny I have. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I did a winter camping trip in the Boundary Waters. Oh, maybe, wonderful. When was that? A couple years ago now. Okay. So we were out there on the lake with a hand auger. We each took turns because man, that, that really takes it out of you. But it was like negative 10 degrees. So the heat was very welcomed from, you know, sweating from augering. But yeah, the Lakers there, they weren't huge at the lake that we were at, but um, it was still, you know, a delicious meal. And they hit like a freight train, even the smaller ones. They do. They just, just take blast. your line out. It's, it's they fight. It's it's different. Well, I'm I'm not quite as adventurous as as you two are. Someday, maybe I, I actually have not been to the Boundary Waters, but Jason eventually will get there. But I do fish Malax Lake quite often, which is the other one that you mentioned here. So I I'm there quite a bit. Yeah, I mean that one's a lot closer. So you gotta you gotta love the lakes that are accessible you know like the boundary waters is amazing and like i would go there like every weekend if i could but it's like it's it's a haul to get there and malax it's so close to the cities and that's pretty much why i love it it was like my first real experience ice fishing was malax basically when i truly fell in love with it was that lake because it's like an hour and a half from us it has some of the biggest walleyes out there and yes the regulations are strict but it is just such an amazing thing to be able to catch fish that are that big and to let them go like i would never want to keep a walleye that big so i'm happy to let it go and let it grow so we have a few questions we wanted to walk through today uh first one how did uh, you become girl of Ten Thousand lakes i wasn't always this outdoorsy girl of all these lakes <laughs> who likes to traverse the lakes in the wintertime and canoe in the summertime. Um, I didn't really grow up uh, doing those things and definitely was more of like a a city slicker. (laughs) I grew up in the suburbs, like loved, you know, going to Minneapolis and like hanging out with my friends, like at the Mall of America. And, you know, think of like a typical like Twin Cities suburb high schooler, you know, that's, pretty much what I did was none of the outdoorsy stuff, but rather trying to fit in and like do things my friends did. And that just didn't happen to be in that outdoor space. But like, once I went to college, I was definitely exposed to like more different kinds of people. I branched out more. And eventually I, uh, I majored in broadcast journalism, ended up getting a job in news reporting at a TV station in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. So that's sort of a more um, like outdoor oriented area of Wisconsin, just lots of access, you know, I mean, the Midwest, you have access to a lot of great places, but um, there were hunting opportunities and fishing opportunities. So I was covering all these stories about regulations related to fishing and ice fishing and hunting and all sorts of things. So that was like my first time really like asking the questions about like, what is this activity And, and like, why do people do it? And why are they so passionate about it? And that sort of piqued my interest. And eventually I met my significant other, Nick, and he like wanted to take me ice fishing on a date one day. And he was sort of, you know, he was buying his first auger when I was with him, like really investing into this sport for the first time too. So he took me out 
and we went ice fishing on a Lake Eau Claire was what it was called. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like a really, um, uh, I want to say that there's a lot of Amish people in that community. So like sure. whenever I went there, it was to cover news stories related to like the Amish population, which was really interesting. So I'm like, we're in the middle of nowhere, ice fishing on Lake Eau Claire and um, the tip up, the flag went up and it was my first interaction with a walleye through a tip up and Nick let me, you know, basically pull the line up and he kind of helped me out, but eventually I was able to get it out and it was like a nice 28 inch walleye. Wow. And he was like, this is like, wow, this is not normal. And I was like, Are you <laughs> yeah. sure? this is great. Like, <laughs> well, I caught one. I mean, he... <laughs> exactly. Awesome. It's like a fish of a lifetime. And yeah. I didn't know that at the time I was like, Oh, this is great. I'm really good at this, I guess. <laughs> and uh, that sort of just hooked me into the whole thing. And, after that, like really, we got into it together and and went ice fishing like basically every weekend, every moment that we had a chance. I, you know, like I said, I was doing broadcast journalism, you know, reporting and doing a lot of videography. So I like had all this gear to take photos. So I was already just sort of capturing the moments where these these fun things were happening, and I was catching fish for the first time and. Uh, photographing it and sharing it with my friends and family and it just kind of snowballed from there to share it with more people and I remember my parents were like who are you (laughs) like we never envisioned you (laughs) doing these sort of things and they were surprised and so were a lot of my friends and you know it's just never too late to discover that passion you know it's you can be super young and discover it early on or you know be really old and suddenly just have this urge to explore the outdoors. And that's, I'm glad I discovered it when I was, you know, in, in my twenties, I guess. And now I have the rest of my life to really hone in on those skills and um, share that passion with my kids now. So that's kind of, I guess the the long story of girl of 10,000 lakes and how that came to be. I have, I have two daughters and in the message it's good to have the message that young that young women and women can get involved in the outdoor sports and enjoy fishing and enjoy hunting and doing those things. And, and so it's good that they have role models like you out there doing this and enjoying it. And I just think that's great um, to have that because there is a constant, you know, it's less maybe than it was when I was a kid, but there's still that undercurrent of, you know, th- these aren't activities that women do and nothing oh. can be further from the truth you know, yeah, so I'm glad that you're involved in it. Yeah. I mean, when I got started, I didn't know any women like that was, you know, maybe almost 10 years ago now. So I had no connection to any women friends who did these things. And it always felt like I was tagging along with my husband and his guy friends. And like, Mm -hmm. I was always just, you know, trying to squeeze my way into these guys weekends and like that you know it's because those are the people that were there and I was not like trying to take away from their camaraderie but thankfully they're like totally welcoming and invited me and like you never judged me and that sort of thing they thought it was cool that I was so curious about ice fishing and and hunting and that sort of thing but now you know fast forward I love that social media has made it so like evident there are women who are so passionate about being outdoors and doing the activities and like mm-hmm. educating themselves on like, you know, how to do it well. So thank goodness for those connections I've made through social media. You know, it, it can be like a dangerous thing where 
like you're just like so sucked into social media and like influenced by um these high expectations and and wanting more things and all that you know the best gear and all that stuff but ultimately it's led me to like tons of friendships women that i wouldn't have met if it wasn't for like instagram or youtube or or any of that yeah and if if they're going to get sucked into an activity fishing is a good one and being oh, outdoors yeah. is a good one you know totally that's... yeah i know there are worse vices in life and absolutely <laughs> yeah Totally. It's not not many that are as, can be as expensive, however. But. <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't have to be expensive. It does not. Yeah. It does not. It is great. Yeah, it's very accessible, especially ice fishing. That's why I love ice fishing is, you know, you don't need a boat. You don't need, you know, you don't necessarily need a snowmobile or any of that. You can walk onto the ice. You don't need a Vexlar. Like, I, know, I didn't have a Vexlar for a really long time. And, like, I did everything by hand and just, like, figuring out where the bottom of the lake is and, like, mm-hmm. digging from there and doing it the old-fashioned way, I guess. And then I remember, like, one Christmas, we were looking into Vexlars. We're like, what is this device? It seems like something that everyone has. Should we get one? And so we, like, put it on our Christmas list. And like, we're just like totally stunned. Like, I can't believe people have been cheating this whole time. <laughs> with these cheating up. I know. That's what it felt like. Like we discovered this like cheat code. Uh, yeah. I love ice fishing. It's just like totally a thing that anyone can do. You don't even need like a fancy rod. Have a stick with like some line on it and you can just jig and you'll catch something. That's cool. So what's your favorite style of ice fishing? Like if you do you... And then house, mobile, tip-ups, what, what what's your go-to? It's totally evolved through the times, but like now I have kids, you know, I, like I love just cozy, comfortable ice fishing now. Like I love having a warm, hard-sided fish house with safety covers on my, you know, ice fishing hole so my kids can roam around and we can leisurely fish together and like time is not of the essence. We can like stay overnight can have activities and cook food and take naps and and fish while we're doing all that stuff. So that is definitely my vibe these days, the slowed down, more relaxed version. And I feel like a lot of parents like come to that point where they're like, okay, if I want to be able to enjoy this outdoor activity that I've been so passionate about for all these years, like I need to make some adjustments and make this more comfortable for the whole family to be able to do this together. It, it makes a lot of sense. And the hard-sided ice shacks make that easier than ever to do. It, it's changed the way we fish like yeah we used to hole hop a lot and we used to be able to catch lots of great fish that way but the memories that we're creating now by having our kids out there with us it's like it's priceless compared to you know what we used to experience I mean what we used to experience just when it was my husband and I was like phenomenal like the kinds of fish we would catch but like this this is on a whole nother level to be able to share that with our kids yeah, and, and I know I, I have a hard-sided shack, too, and Jason, Jason has fished in it before, but that was one of the reasons why I got it, too, was not everybody in my family is as passionate about ice fishing as I am, right? They're, and some of the ice fishing we do is pretty extreme. You know, you go on a snowmobile below zero and portable shacks, and it's really cold and a lot of work, and you get into a hard-sided shack, and it becomes more fun or more accessible to a lot of people. You know, my I have a teenage daughter who you know, ice fishing isn't really her thing right now. She's, she's a teenager and it's not always yeah. what she wants to do, but you know, to come into the hard sided shack where there's a TV and an oven and the uh, games to play and, you know, those kinds of things while you fish, it really makes a difference and makes it 
more accessible to more people. It makes memories. Exactly. Yeah. I think people have this misconception that, you know, ice fishing is sitting on a bucket outside, freezing your buns off and like uh, catching a buzz or whatever, you know, but then I invite friends who have never ice fished before into our fish house where it's like, you know, I keep it like 75 degrees and it's and there's jazz music in the background and I have a charcuterie board and like there's a candle lit and and here's a here's a glass of wine as you're walking in you know Jeff you need to you need up your game a little bit I do not recall a charcuterie board and I do not recall wine or jazz music I (laughs) no but stinky feet and you and Crocs and an old pizza is about the best it gets in there but but you did drive (laughs) up like five hours from Iowa and there is an ice shack with holes drilled that was ready to Grant. fish. Yeah. And, and I think I might've taken a Prius too. Yes. And it was right. heated. Nice. It was heated. So, yes. so you're right. I, I, I apologize. I, I was too hard. I was but, too but I'll get a nice white, a nice, nice wine next time. Thank you. you. Red or a nice white? red, a nice red, would red be. wine. Okay. It. I'll get some yeah. red wine for you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you know what? We usually have pizza and Crocs on as as well. So <laughs> Honestly, Crocs in a wheelhouse are kind of required because the floor still gets kind of wet, you know, sometimes yeah. and you need something on some kind your of footwear. indoor shoes. Yeah. yeah stick your indoor shoes. <laughs> All right. Uh, what's your favorite fish to target? Oh, and advice for catching them. I'm definitely a multi-species kind of gal. Um, probably walleye. I feel like, you know, the it's it's pretty amazing when you can catch a huge walleye um and when you catch smaller ones they're great eaters so like it's the best of both worlds to be able to like see a fish that big and like malax i think i've i said this in the beginning but it's just been such a such an in- interesting lake for us because when we first started fishing it like it was during the overnight hours that was my favorite time to fish the night bite was so amazing there and I feel like the rattle reels when the that you know the jingling goes off, like my heart would just like stop and like it felt like ah like grab my glasses, like put in my contacts, whatever I need to do to be able to like <laughs> see real quick. And um like and the hole is like frozen over, so it's like oh now I'm like chipping away at the ice and because we had a pretty uh um a like a what's it called one of those fish houses that wasn't a fish house before it was like a converted fish house yeah, it was a little trailer right i saw pictures yeah. of that what'd you it call it retro that yeah it had retro a name camper. Uh, you had a name for dish. it little hot dish little, little hot, hot dish. dish there you go yeah so it was definitely not meant to be a fish house so the insulation wasn't quite there so the holes would always freeze over all the time and so we'd be targeting walleye and at night the bell would go off and like, we'd be chipping away at the ice. <laughs> and I remember this one time um, we got, I, I had, I had the walleye. It was like, I could see its head, but like the ice was just like, not, not oh. cracking. So my husband was boiling water because <laughs> we, we didn't want to like auger because we might, you know, hit the, uh, cut the line. So he's boiling water and we're pouring, pouring boiling water down this ice hole, trying to thaw it out. And, and we did, like, I was just holding on to it for dear life as it was like fighting. And I was, we were able to just shimmy its head up a little bit that it's like gills like went out and like, then it couldn't go down anymore. So we were able to like <laughs> wiggle it out of there. Um, and it was like this ridiculous 30 inch walleye and wow. just, 
we yeah i was so happy that he like boiled the water and stuff because that was the best fishing we ever experienced and never have i caught a fish that big since then especially on the lax i feel like it's changed a little bit but that is my favorite kind of fish to catch and i feel like my advice would be just to have the lines in for as long as you can like that's what's proven to work for us is just making sure there's always a line in there and making sure there's always a, a lively minnow on there and yeah, just jigging it when you can. And even at night, making sure those lines are in there too and waking up and not feeling like, Oh, I want a good night of sleep tonight. Like who cares? Just <laughs> have those rattle reels there and wake up and catch that phenomenal fish. There's, there's something about you're half asleep and you just hear one bell go ding. Yeah. <laughs> <gasps> So just like which one, which hole? Yeah, which, which one? one? Which one? <laughs> That's cool. So, how do you hook your minnows when you put them onto on your rattle reels? Um, usually in on the back. I'm trying to remember. I usually do it on the like in front of the f- back fin. Okay. Uh, I know everyone has their method. I've seen it like mm-hmm. through the head and whatever, but I feel like if, if I get it just right at the tip of the like in front of the fin, it it has the wiggle still and is still. It's- in there yeah in there good can swim around yeah yeah okay cool very cool so we started talking a little bit about about this new ice shack i saw the you called it your dream fish house so tell me a little bit about about your fish house that you fish out of now i know you mentioned a little bit but yeah what are some details that you did differently versus kind of your first one that was maybe a little more rustic (laughs) <laughs> yeah the first one yeah totally rustic which i was thankful to have anything hard-sided at that point in my life and we got it off of craigslist now the second one it was after we like brought our new family of four like junie was born and like two weeks later we were in our little hot dish on minnetonka fishing and i realized like this is really tight <laughs> like <laughs> there's no room for anything like no one can move if you want to fish in here together so we started looking into just getting a regular fish house you know one that's reliable and insulated um it's so we i i work with camping world they're one of my sponsors and they they do have a lot of fish houses and used fish houses as well and we kind of worked out this contract where um we would promote about their um ice fishing sales and just what they offer for Mm -hmm. ice fishing and in camping in general so yeah it was great we were able to work together and i got this used fish house from them and one thing i like really wanted was to be able to have enough beds for our family so we added some extra jackknife beds so now everyone has a bed we can even fit like one guest if we want to um it's got the space for a we have like a luggable loo uh so we have a luggable loo in the closet so if you have to go potty you go in there um i'm trying to think what else it's got the tv and the oven and all that stuff um but the best part about it is the exterior it's like this teal and sort of a wood facade so it looks kind of retro but kind of modern at the same time and we got it like got the wrapping done by um studio wraps in Brainerd area and it was just so awesome that they also like I reached out to them was like oh is there a way that we can you know make this happen and 
And so, yeah, we work together and um, now it's like something that, that really stands out every time I'm on Malax or wherever, like people are like, hey, like there she goes. <laughs> like I saw you on Highway 35 today. Blah, blah, blah. So it's it's been kind of funny to see like who recognizes it. Yeah, it's definitely different because, you know, I mean, my wheelhouse would blend in with the rest of them, right? I mean, it's all there. They kind of, I don't want to say they all look the same, but they kind of do. But yours definitely stands out with that wrap on it. It definitely looks different. Yeah, it's similar to the little hot dish because the little hot dish we painted white and then like a pink line in the middle, sort of a retro look and then teal on the bottom. So we kind of wanted to pay, you know, owed to that and... Mm -hmm. And ultimately what I really wanted, you know, my dream, dream, dream fish house would be to have like that retro look of a fish house, sure. like the canned hand style, but have it be new, modern, like newly yep. made. And like, and like, I've been like so passionate about that idea that I've reached out to fish house companies <laughs> before and said like, how can we make this mold? So like everyone can get a retro fish house like me, Sure, <laughs> which is not an easy thing to do, but. I don't know. It's in my like someday dreams, maybe like if I, you know, can have like a, a dream job, maybe it would be to have retro fish houses for everyone. <laughs> I think that's a great dream. I Isn't mean, because while you're actually camping in the summer, like it would look like a camper versus yeah. like an ice house that's being used in the summer. Bring some color back to all the RV parks away from the the yes. white and the yeah the gray and nice tan 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 <laughs> yeah taupe, taupe. whatever yes yes neutral yes yeah neutral there you go i have about an eight box of crayons when it comes to colors so. <laughs> all right so i jeff i'm gonna ask her one question that that's not in your list what's your favorite way to i am always what what's your favorite way to prepare walleye okay so it's the same way that i usually prepare uh, trout it's with like this brown sugar marinade so it's like brown sugar soy sauce and um ginger powder trying to think what else rice vinegar and you kind of let it marinate for a little bit and you can pan fry it and it like caramelizes all together and you put wow. it on top of like rice with a little bit of um whatever greens spinach something like that some radishes um avocado some sesame seeds. Uh, like I like to put a little kimchi in there because I'm Korean. Like I love kimchi, a little spice. So it's like a, like a bowl, but it's delicious. Yeah. I try it with trout, try it with walleye. It's, it's so good. So we're going to need a recipe for that. If you oh yeah. Mind. I'll send is that it share, Is that shareable? Oh yeah, for sure. It's not because, like a secret recipe. <laughs> no, I, I think, and I, I, I don't know where I think maybe on Instagram or something, I saw you preparing something very different than what, I'm used to. And, and I think that's great because, you know, I have about three ways I know how to cook walleye. So I'm always looking for something else. Uh, and I love fri fried walleye, you know, especially in like uh, tacos. So good. Mm -hmm. yeah. A little bit of pico de gallo and oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I feel like there's so many different ways to eat it, but no, I, I definitely like lots of flavor. Yeah. That sounds awesome. So I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to try that if you'd be so kind as to share the recipe. You got it. <laughs> okay. So now we're, we're finally to one of the main reasons we wanted to have you on. So we, we eventually got there. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, this is perfect. No, this has been great. Not, no, that we want to know the whole story because I think it helps build context for, for what this is. So you, you wrote a book. Yeah. So I tell did, us about yeah. your book. Yeah. Um, so this is how I met you is when I was out at 
the St. Paul ice fishing show and I was selling my mm -hmm. book there. Uh, one, two, three ice fishing. It's to teach the littlest anglers about ice fishing. It's a board book. So if you have little ones, you know, they love those like thick board books with the lift the flaps. That's exactly what this is. And it kind of goes through the basic ice fishing gear, you know, um, your auger, your fish finder, your rods, the bait bucket, that sort of thing, your sled. And it follows the mom and the baby bear like through the day as they go ice fishing and you get to see like what sort of fish they see under the ice so you'll see like walleye northern pike bass um crappie bluegill perch some of our favorite fish here in minnesota and um it's very realistic the way the the pictures are drawn my sister was the illustrator so it was so fun to work cool. with her and uh just to be able to make this happen. But I wrote it because I wanted to teach my son about ice fishing and there were there were no books out there. I mean, there were a few like that touched on ice fishing, but nothing that really talked about the kinds of fish and like the gear and something that was more relatable to what we were actually doing on the ice. Sure. So I wrote this book uh, at the peak of the pandemic when like I was really looking for something to do creative creatively, much like you too, probably yep. like you launched your podcast, I'm guessing. Yes. Um, and everyone was trying to find something to do. And like, I wrote a book, which was great. And it really uh, took off and people loved it. And so it's back again this year. It's a great little book for kids ages, you know, baby up to probably like age five, six, when they're like trying to figure out words and counting one to 10. It's, it's a great book to read while you're waiting for the rattle reel to go off. <laughs> yes exactly bring it with on your the kids. ice with you this is, this is what we're doing will, yeah they'll see like oh yeah that was a walleye or that was a northern pike mm -hmm. and like it they can connect the pictures to the real life thing which is like the coolest thing to witness part of our timing and wanting to have you on is is it's we're coming up to christmas if you have little people in your life and you're looking for a really cool gift how do they find your book yeah, so it's on Amazon right now. So if you search one, two, three ice fishing on Amazon, Perfect. you'll find it there. Um, otherwise, if you want to order it directly through me, it's one, two, three ice fishing.com. And I will create a little promo promo code for for you guys. So it will just be hard water ice fishing. Uh, what, what would be the best? Uh, probably HWFS. Can we do that one? That's okay, just HWFS. Kind of and that'll give you 15% off. So. Wow. You can use wow. that on one, two, three icefishing.com. So yeah, definitely um, check it out. I feel like uh, kids love it, but adults love it too, because they're like, oh, this is something I can read to my grandkids. It's so cool to see like grand grandparents taking their kids on the ice and like reading this to them. Cause it's like, how can I share this passion with like my, my kids and my grandkids? Well, this book is a great way without like having to put their fingers on hooks or anything like that. You know, it's a book that's, they can even like, chew on you know i feel like babies are <laughs> well it's perfect for babies. jeff then too <laughs> hey. <Yeah. Yes. laughs> exactly so it, it's been really fun to see just the feedback and i hope i hope you check it out oh we will i actually have a a nephew that I'm, I don't want to say because I don't want to ruin, ruin the surprise. He's probably <laughs> not listening to our podcast. If you <laughs> <laughs> think maybe you never know. You're right. Could be. How old is he? Uh, Garrett five. He's okay. Five. Yeah, I hope I hope he's five. God, I hope big he's podcast not, guy. I hope he's not six. I might have screwed that up. I don't know. He's uh -oh. you know he's this tall. 
well, don't feel bad. I, for this. I called my youngest 12 the other day. He's like, dad, I'm only 11. I'm like, oops. Oh, <laughs> oops. Wrong well, age. you know, time flies. I know. I don't Yeah, Time flies. So he's so only 12. Any plans for any other books in, in the works? Yeah. Um, and I've been saying this for a while now, because I feel like when I wrote this book in 2020, like the first question people would ask was, do you have any other books in the works? And I'd say, sure. yeah, yeah, I do. And I'm still saying, yeah, I do. But I haven't actually produced it. Um, so I'm working on one, two, three camping and one, two, three cabin. But we'll see when that actually comes out. I have it written. I just haven't like actually done the work of putting it together with an illustrator yet. That's awesome. One, two, three, BWCA. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've seen ABC, BWCA, like that's out there. Oh, okay, which is really cool too. But yeah, one, two, three. Hopefully, they wouldn't think I'm taking their idea. <laughs> Anything we forgot to ask you about? Um, let me think. I saw you had an article or a article in your blog on your website about what to wear when fishing. Mm-hmm. But I know as, and we've talked a little bit about this on the show before, but women's winter clothing can be a little more challenging. You know, a lot of stuff is made for guys. What do you recommend for women uh, ice fishing? Do you have any recommendations for that? Ooh, for all the guys searching for that perfect Christmas present for their There you mom. go. Yeah. I feel like women are always kind of left in the dust when it comes to ice fishing clothing, uh, but it's gotten better for sure. And um Okay, I'll first say, like, you don't need to wear, like, special ice fishing gear to go ice fishing. You can wear whatever you want. Like, just be warm and make sure you're, like, well insulated. If it's early ice, make sure you have your ice picks and even consider wearing a, like, flotation device. Like, you know, you're going to look really silly, but having a life jacket on is better than risking your life and dying. So, like, wear, wear a little, you know, life jacket underneath your coat if you need to, if it's early ice. But if you can, um, ice fishing suits are amazing because a lot of them come with the Flotex technology. So my my favorite one is DSG. They're based in Madison, so right mm-hmm. here in the Midwest. And they design ice fishing clothing for women, by women. And, like, the fit is phenomenal. Like, they think of sizes, like, XX small all the way to, like, 5X large. So the range is huge, and it's really tailored to every woman's body and comes in fun colors, and it's functional, comfortable lightweight like all the things that you would want when you're on the ice moving around and all that stuff and that didn't exist you know not too long ago so it's pretty cool to see just the things that they've produced and that i'm wearing today i just i love it a lot and um definitely feel good about putting in a plug for them because they're just that good there again with daughters, when you try anytime you try to buy outdoor stuff for them, it's a challenge like hiking boots, all that stuff. I mean, it's gotten better, but it, it has been a challenge. So for sure. There's that saying like shrink it and pink it or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of companies used to do that, but I'm glad they're steering away from that. And they're, I mean, many of these ice fishing companies have now have like women designers on board and they're taking feedback of real women to make suits that will fill this void. All right. Well, if you think of anything else, let us know. Or if you ever want to come back on, if you got something you're working on and, and you'd like to come back on, um, we'd sure love to have you. I, we, what's interesting with our show is, is we do get a lot of, like, we have a core Minnesota, but we tend to go out East too, quite a bit. We have some, some listeners that are out in that Maine and up North and 
kind of cultivated a little following up that way too with some folks. So Wyoming, cool. Wyoming, Utah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, we've kind of broadened a little bit with some of that. So it's right. kind of fun. Yeah. I always forget that the ice fish up there and like once in a while I get book orders from like, yeah, Maine and that area. And then as well as like even Hawaii, like sometimes I get orders from there. Wow. Do you even know what ice fishing is? <laughs> but we, you know, kind of fun. We were, um, Way back, this is what season one or two, Jeff. Yep, we were looking early. at our back when we were brand new. You're always like scoping out to see who's listening to you and where they're from and all that on the metrics. And we had a listener from South Korea. We're like, oh. What the heck? So we talked about it on the show. We're like, whoever in South Korea, reach out. We want to know why you're listening to our show, who you are. It when he was a, a Wisconsin kid, yeah, from, and uh, he was over there in the military. Oh, and and so he, um. He was fishing, ice fishing for trout up in the mountains over there. Oh, sent so us a cool. picture. So it was, it was pretty cool. You know, it was, it's kind of reaffirming about, you know, doing the show. Here's this kid over there in the military and he can listen to the show and kind of get transported back home, you know, kind of that with listening to what's going on. So it was kind of fun. Yeah. They have one of the biggest ice fishing tournaments in South Korea. Like it's a really? huge one. And I would love to go there someday and just check that out just because, I was born there, you know, I was born wow. in South Korea. So just to be able to go back and like take part in something that like I learned about here in the U.S. would be such a cool experience. That's definitely a bucket list item for me. That is really cool. That that would be really neat. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, on that, I bet there's probably little people at your house that are sleeping or should be. So <laughs> yep, they are sleeping. They went to bed. I mean, yeah. You would know if they were awake. Like, <laughs> like mom, mom. Like, what your, is this? Your, your husband's blabber, like, is she ever coming out of there? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I would come out and he would be mad at me, probably. <laughs> All right. Well, you take care of yourself and best of luck in, in your endeavors. Thank you for having me on. Like, this was so fun. And I hope we can chat again. Well, we really want to thank uh, Jenny for coming on and sharing sharing her story um that ed, her her legend which was kind of told there in the middle of of our our interview with her was great just that image of that fish with its head up through the ice and the gill sticking out <laughs> i mean that's awesome i know that, that was, is was that great. was a really really good story um we really want to thank her for sharing that we'll put a link to her book on our website with a coupon code that she gave us which is pretty cool i don't think we've ever anybody give us a coupon code before have we it's our first coupon code jason how how crazy is that um so i think if you have little people in your life man get them get them a book it'd be awesome and it you know you got to get them books anyway right i mean you should it's, it's, look at the ice fishing one <laughs> you might as well get an ice fishing one absolutely so um, start them young. So anyway, want to thank everybody for listening tonight. Tight lines. Cheers. Bye. You've been listening to the Hard Water Fishing Show with Jeff and Jason. Say goodbye. One of the most unique podcasts on the planet where we talk about tactics, gear, and ice fishing legends. We'll be back soon. Bye-bye. Till then, signing off. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.